All right, welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host again this week. And it is October the 23rd, 2014. I want to kick the show off by uh, congratulating Mr. Shane Van Boning for his fourth win at the U.S. Open Nine Ball Championship. That was uh, an astounding field to make your way through. So uh, props to him for that. Uh, and of course, it's his fourth time. So, you know, wow. Pretty impressive stuff, man. Shane's got a lot going for him. That's for sure. And you know, if you would like to pick up a historic memento of the occasion, our friends over at GoPlayPool.com have uh, a brand new t-shirt for sale. It's a uh, U.S. Open 9-Ball Champion t-shirt with Shane Van Boning's face on the front uh, with the years listed 2007, 12, 13, and 14 on there to indicate the years that he's won. If you want to pick up a t-shirt commemorating this year's U.S. Open, uh, head over to GoPlayPool.com. They're only $25. And, of course, as always, uh, a portion of the proceeds do go directly to the player. So uh, Shane will be uh, uh, making some money off of that a little bit on the side, too, as if he needs it. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, great win for Shane. Great t-shirt to uh, mark the occasion. And uh, what else do we got going for you? Well, this week we're talking with... Uh, Mike Howards is going to be talking with Barry Berman. Uh, they're going to discuss some details from the Open. Uh, hopefully that will uh, lend itself to a better understanding of what's going on uh, with the money and the payments uh, and whatever else they decide to talk about. We also got together with uh, coach Johan, uh, the Euro team coach, and Coach Wilson, the United States coach. And uh, they each gave us their thoughts on uh, some of the different aspects coming up. And uh, there's a little bit of a friendly wager between the two of them that I think that you'll find interesting. Interesting. So stick around for that. We'll be back with Johan right after this. Um, welcome back, everybody. I am talking, uh, well, I'm on the phone with uh, uh, the European coach, and he has to forgive me for messing his name up because I can't say it, but it's Johan Roisink. I can't say it. I'm sorry. I, I'm just retarded. Anyway, I've got uh, Coach Johan on the line and Mark Cantrell, and uh, we're going to get some thoughts from the coach about uh, this year's team, Johan. How do you feel about the the uh, the Moscone Cup team for Europe this year? Uh, uh, pretty confident, like I feel every year. Uh, I think we have one uh, some of the top players in the world in Europe, and uh, the competition is fierce. So sometimes you play with Mika uh, uh, or uh, Nick or some other guys, uh, but every time that we go go up to face America, we have a strong team. I feel. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Well, now let me ask you this: 
are you familiar with um, the selection process that has gone on for the Team USA? Yes, very much so. Okay. Now, uh, because I, that, uh, I, feel, I feel strongly that that is the correct way to go. Oh, so you like the concept of, of, of handpicking the team? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think it's a, a very uh, wise move from uh, uh, USA to, uh, to do it like this. Okay, good, good. Do you, uh, do you know who the, the USA team members are yet? Do you know? Yeah. Okay. Yes, of course. <laughs> All right. Are yeah. you, are you, I'm hoping that you're at least a little bit worried about it. I am. I am. <laughs> and uh, not, not, not so much the names, uh, because they can differ just like in our team, but uh, especially the way they picked up uh, on their... Uh, Lost last year and uh, the years before that. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I think that the system that they put in now with the uh, expertise uh, um, instructors is uh, is the way to go. And have a selection uh, creates competition. Competition creates quality. So mm-hmm. I guess uh, a lot of people think that, that this is an easy Moscone Cup for Team Europe, but uh, I feel uh, completely different. Mm, okay. What do you think, Mark? Well, here's the thing with Europe. My, the biggest issue that Europe or the USA have against Team Europe is it doesn't really matter if how they pick their team. They don't. They can go through the ranking system. Your hand can hand pick them. Matchroom can hand pick them. The European pool playing professional pool playing community is just so strong. You can probably make a good argument that there are only three or four five-man teams out there. So you're never going to be facing, as far as the European team, the USA goes, you're never going to, for a long time now, you're not going to be facing a weak European team. Right. And, and, I, and I think that Johan, you know, being, in my opinion, and probably in uh, most of the players' opinions, is the greatest coach that Europe's ever had. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, well, it's true. Look, 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 at the, look at the results. Look at what you've done for the, for the team. You know, so the, the team itself is a, it's a strong team. But there's something else behind it, and that's the coach. And that's what I think Mark Wilson also is trying to get to. But if I can ask you, Johan... Yes. Could I go? Could I go through some uh, just some of the names? If you just give me a brief explanation of what these each of these players you think bring to the team. Uh, and if we, if we, yeah, we've got Niels. Niels fan. Yeah. What's? Well, I, I don't think uh, that uh, that our players are that unfamiliar to you. <laughs> uh, Niels uh, played News Open, I think, ten or twelve times. Uh, a lot of top 10 results. He's just a very, very consistent, uh, very good uh, stroke player. A power, power player also. Um, we got a call with all his uh, uh, elegancy and his flamboyancy. We got Darren, uh, the grinder, the sword player. So uh, Nikos, the Spartacus, we call him, a uh, strong guy. Uh, so I think uh, our team again, uh, Mark Gray, of course, he was. <laughs> First pick because uh, he earned it first, so uh, he's definitely in shape. So I think uh, uh, 
as you said, we always have a strong team and, and we have a, a good uh, system uh, to bring our players prepared to the table. And I think that's why I said uh, uh, just now that I think this time America is stronger and uh, fiercer than ever because now they use the, the right system. They go through competition, which means uh, quality. Yeah. I agree with so that. I'm, uh, I'm, this year I'm very uh, uh, aware of, uh, of how things will go. You're, you're, hold on. you're aware of how things will go? Yes, yes. Because I, I, I did uh, an interview with Darren uh, two weeks ago, uh, and at that point he, he hadn't been picked, but he was hopeful. And yeah. he said, <laughs> this, is the first, this is the first year that I would feel that we were going into the Moscone Cup knowing that we were going to win. Wow. Okay. That's good that he's confident. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel the same way, Jay, or are you saying the same thing? No, 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 no. You just, Mark just told me that uh, uh, he put a five, we could put a five Moscone Cup teams in Europe, you know, by the quality of, uh, of the, uh, our players. Uh, but that is not what is uh, going on. We don't play the fifth team of Europe, and we don't play the fifth Moscone Cup team of uh, America. We play the first team. Yeah. And the first team of Team America will always uh, uh, carry very strong players. And uh, the only reason they didn't play well in the, in the last couple of years was that they had a, a hard time becoming a team. Yeah. Well, that has been taken care of. Yeah. So we will play a team this time. Yeah. And then uh, it goes uh, the best five European players against the best five uh, USA players, and there will be there will be a tight match mm. on any day. Yeah, I think you're right. I I think that, uh, well, that in the format is is it it's impossible for one person to dominate any one part of the game, being that it's doubles and you play these matches out. That really changes it as far as yep. someone's individual performance as opposed to playing together on a team. That's a different ball game. I think yeah, um, absolutely yeah. true. I, I just I just said that you know you're the greatest coach that the Europe team has ever had, and I think <laughs> you know part 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 No, seriously, I I believe it, and I, I I know the players believe it. You see, you've got the respect from the players. I mean, you were going to not come back. And they wanted you to come back, right? They they came to you and wanted you to come back, and because you have their their respect. And having having said that, now you know your team. What's your next step? What what do you do next as team captain for Europe? Because you you're getting to know the team. How many weeks before is it? How many weeks is it before the Uh, day? Six weeks, five weeks, six weeks. Off. And so, what, what's your next step? What do you, what do you do next with your team? Um, continue the preparation um, and uh, make sure that everyone is uh, 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 aware and awake at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in five now. Yeah, and I think Mark will do the same. I mean, uh, for the players now, now that they know the team, it's all about the Moscone Club. Well, you see, you, you, because and you and Mark have the same issue. Your players are scattered all over the world. 
Uh-huh. So, <laughs> who players being scattered all over the world? It's, is it phone calls? Is it motivational? Is it conference calls? Well, I'm, I'm seriously asking because I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I, I'd like to think that if, let's say you were playing for uh, Real Madrid or, you know, a soccer uh-huh. team, and you uh-huh. go, okay, guys, or you're all in Spain, here's what we're doing. We're going to get together and we're going to, you know, do some bonding. We're going to practice together and this and that. You can't do that with these guys right now. You can't do it until what? Two, a week before, or two weeks, a week, two days before the event. So no, what, what preparation goes into it? Normally we prepare like four days before the Moscone Cup. And then the preparation, well, the preparation starts before, but the, the uh, practice table, uh, table time is only for four days and being together. So, uh, there needs to be an efficient, uh, uh, way to handle that if we want to become a team in, uh, four or five days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, on the other hand, uh, all these players have played, uh, Moscone Cup. All these players, uh, uh, except for Mark, but I know Mark uh, for a long time already, for you too, but all these players have worked with me, and I do suspect that they have a, a feeling about how I uh, want them to prepare. So they will. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. See, see that's been, uh, I think, that I'm not, this is not, I'm not trying to bag on the USA team at all, okay? I mean, that's not what I'm trying to, in the past, I think that's something that's somehow been missing. Um, I said it before with coaches, American players, especially in America. Uh, the, the coach is set up here on a pedestal, okay? They're, what they say goes, and there's no arguments. That's what the coach said to do, and that's what we do, and that's how we prepare. And it's in his hands. And they have to have absolute faith and respect in the coach. And I think that's a big part of what you brought to it, to, to Team Europe, is everybody listens to you and does what you tell them to do. And, and that's, well, I, I think that's, that's the same now. That's the same uh, now in America. So, like I said, they uh, they use the, the same system now. They have a coach that is very well respected and uh, very knowledgeable and a very uh, smart guy. So, uh, his, uh, his way to handle things uh, will, will definitely make sure that there is a team that is prepared uh, on the 1st of December. So that's how we look at it, and that's how we will look at it, and that's how we will handle it. Yeah. He's definitely doing things a little different, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's, well, nobody's ever really had the opportunity before to do things the way Mark is, has been given to do them. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But and the, uh, the big result of last year's, uh, last year's score. I mean, it was really embarrassing to lose 11-2, so that after four years in a row loss, it's obvious that something needed to be done. And I think, right. again, that they took the, wrong, the, the right uh, direction. Speaking so, of... Uh, I'm, very, I'm very proud, actually, on, uh, on the Americans, because I think uh, uh, this will bring them quality, not only today, but also for the next uh, years to come. So yeah. I'm very uh, proud on the Americans that they chose this way. The, the three players that didn't make the cut uh, they started with eight and then narrowed it down to five. So uh, they've got the three leftover players, and Mark has decided to bring them along as, um, I, I want to guess, specialty coaches or assistants uh, just to, 
I don't know, help them keep them focused, I guess, on, on some different uh-huh. things. Do you have some different assistant coaches or some uh, other pros that you keep on hand <laughs> for the same no. reason? No. No. Unfortunately not. Unfortunately, I did not have an entire year to prepare <laughs> all my players uh, and have a selection uh, procedure, etc. Uh, that would be great, but uh, I understand that America did it this way. It was needed. Uh, I think that we have a better better idea of how the Moscone Cup uh, uh, should be played. Yeah. So we have the advantage in that. But uh, for the rest, uh, it's just a, it's a pool tournament. It's as simple as that. A race to five and uh, uh, a harsh format. And uh, it's uh, all about getting the momentum right. So yeah. we'll, we'll try to get that uh, correct. Johan, is this going to be your last year? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I have returned today of this year because the players asked me. So uh, they they knew it was my uh, last year, uh, last year. But then it was a Vegas, and to be honest, the atmosphere and the way it seemed to go was not a real nice uh, uh, goodbye. So all the players said, "Listen, we're going to have a new, nice venue in England, uh, good audience, uh, great team again. Just uh, just say goodbye in England. That's better." And then I thought, oh, that's a good idea. My family there, it's nicer. Mm-hmm. But make, make no mistake, make, make no mistake, we, we will be there to win. Not uh, It's not about me, it's not about my last thing, it's about the team. And we are there to win. Yeah, if I can ask you, why would you uh, want to step down? It's just, I, I, I know that it, it may be a personal question, it may be a personal reason. I'm just wondering, you know, you've just been on a streak. You want to go out winning, uh, you know, or fully go out winning, perhaps, should I say. <laughs> what, what, why, why, would you, why would you want to not do it anymore? Because, uh, well, like every human being, uh, uh, different things appear, and uh, I do not feel like... I will be a, a coach much longer, so I do different things now in life, which is great. And the Moscone Cup uh, after uh, the 5th of December will be uh, part of my uh, history, but not any more of my present. <laughs> that's not a bad thing, but sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. People move on. People move on in their life. That's true. That yeah. is true. Well, you certainly left well, your, your impact. That's That's for sure. I mean... Well, the impact in the end is that the Americans now have a good system. Yeah. And I, I fully hope, I mean, look at it this way. Still, in the world, there's only one country who has the potential and the the uh, the, the pool of talent. That, uh, there's only one country that has the same, or that has big potential, that's the USA. You still have more pool players in the USA than uh, the whole of Europe. Yeah. That's true. So your potential is huge. <laughs> so yeah. if, if you get them out, if you if you make them uh, quality players, all these youth players, well, then we're in trouble. <laughs> Big trouble. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're working on it, you, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Johan, do you think that the Europeans are um, maybe more structured and focused than the Americans? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, and, and and I only I can prove it with one point that still 
or it might be changing now, but still, a couple of years ago, if you ask in America, are you a good pool player, people were talking about their bankroll. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. We don't talk about bankrolls. We talk about titles, tournaments, uh, quality of play. Right. And that's uh, the, the difference. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Speaking of uh, going out, Mark, uh, are you going to instigate a wager here? Well, we, well, let me let me ask this first of all. Your your prediction for the 2014 Australian Cup? What is, will the final score be? Well, I've had one 11-9, which was very tense, uh, but all very, uh, also very enjoyable in the end because uh, then the victory tastes even sweeter. So 11-9 uh, would be uh, my prediction, but of course in the advantage of Europe. <laughs> so. It, <laughs> oh, 11 all for Europe, not for USA. I thought you said 11. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. No. no. <laughs> Would you be willing to bet Mark Wilson a chicken dinner? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. No, no problem. That'd uh, be fun. When we predict the USA will win then. Oh, that's great. We're predicting 11 10. <laughs> okay. So if it's so uh, USA if it's eleven ten no eleven nine eleven nine if it's eleven nine you uh, anything better on USA and the Mark gets uh, 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 gets his chicken dinner <laughs> Any, anything better than than okay. eleven nine and he gets a chicken dinner okay got that got yeah. that okay. Hey, that's and if he doesn't, it's not eleven nine now. Monster, I'll buy you a chicken dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Jeez, talk about. Well, I think I, you... we'll, we'll, I'm, I'm going to be interviewing Mark here in a, in a few minutes. I think and, that he just gave have... Mark weight. Is what it was. <laughs> he just gave him the eight. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> eleven. Well, say hello to Mark uh, for me. I will do that and wish him all the best. All right. Okay. We will do that. And thank you so much yep. for taking the time to talk to us, Johan. I do appreciate it. And best of luck to, to you guys at the at the Cup. Okay. Well, I hope uh, you'll you call me again sometime or when the pretty is on. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we will, we'd love to have you back on. Uh, I, I think you're a, a good guy. I think you're good for the sport. You're obviously good for the team. I'm sorry to anybody out there. If we seem like we've been almost talking over each other, but we've got to remember that uh, Coach Johan is in, where are you? I'm in the Netherlands. In Belgium, sorry. In Belgium. In Belgium. In Belgium. I told you. And, and so, you know, it's... Uh, uh, there's always sometimes a little bit of a delay, yeah. but again, John, thank you very much, and uh, look forward to watching the Moscone Cup. And uh, and uh, I, I, I wish you luck. You see, Darren Appleton asked me uh, last Moscone Cup. He came up to me and said, "So, so who are you rooting for, pal? Who do you want to win, pal?" <laughs> you see, I'm originally from England, <laughs> but I live in America. You know, my whole family lives in America. And, and, so yeah. and then I started feeling guilty whenever I cheered for England, uh, for Europe, and I felt guilty if I cheered for USA because I got friends on both teams. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> I, 
I, I just want a good match. That's all I would like to say. So, well, thank uh, you, David. I'd like to say. Yes. Okay. Well, I, what I also would like to add also is that uh, it's nice uh, that, that there's been an interview about coaches, but let's be honest, it is about players. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be 10 great players playing each other uh, on the Moscone Cup. So, yeah. looking forward to it. All right. All right. Well, like I said, we'll talk to you again soon. Maybe we'll get you on the phone after after we administer our whooping. So, uh, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> keep your head on a swivel. All right, I'm going to get out of here, okay, guys. Hello. So, everybody Thank take you care. Much. Yep. Bye-bye from Europe. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. And uh, this week has been three newsmakers, in my, in my opinion. One has obviously been Barry Berman. And I believe we've got him on the show uh, with Mike Howerton and the European captain, uh, Johan Ruschink. And so the only person left who's been in the headlines is our own coach, Team USA, Captain America, Mark Wilson. How are you doing, sir? Just terrific. Thank you, Mark. Good. Um, congratulations for getting this far without having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's all good. We, we have fun. Yeah, I, I figured you'd been uh, going a little bit mental, trying to get things sorted out and get down to that last vital moment, you know, where you get your starting five and you know, we've talked about this before on the show, that that part of the exercise is tough. But we'll, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Uh, you've got your starting five and you've got a full squad. Um, something that's been mentioned a couple of different times is, are, are you, in your own mindset, are you trying to emulate an NFL-style uh, team? Uh, and, and I say that with... You, you, having more than one person behind the scenes. You've got the coach, you've got somebody to help with uh, specialty shots and setting up drills and and that kind of thing. So it works in professional football, it works in basketball, and, and you're trying to look at doing that with pool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it really is. It's everybody on the team has worked hard and sacrificed and we want to include them. We're a team and we're a family. It's a little bit different dynamic this year, and it's it's hard to understand for sure. But when you talk about everybody has worked and contributed, how do you leave somebody behind? So uh, that's never been the plan from day one. We've worked hard to make this happen. and But it's also a reward, but it's also a job. And there's going to be tasks associated with that. It's not just a thing where, oh, we're taking all eight players to England and three of them stay drunk in the stands and high-five and call themselves team members. That's not what we're doing. We're not taking cheerleaders. There's there's functions there for each one of them. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, that's what that's what I figured. And, and you know, we've said this before. You're You're breaking new ground here. So, and no matter what, how it works, no matter how the team selection is picked or anything else, you're always going to have 
a certain amount of people who disagree with your... And it doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be cool. It can be football or the All-Star game. Somebody brought up people think one guy should be on and the other guy shouldn't, you know? And and so there's always going to be those kind of uh, battles that go, go along with it. But you, you're having... Uh, you're putting something together that's never been done before. And so I believe... It's, it's a little bit more controversial than it, it will be next year or the year after that or the year after that because once people understand what the uh, operation is and why the operation is there, maybe, you know, I'm not saying everybody's complaining, but there's people who have, you know, something to say. But that's how that's how it goes when you're in the opposition. Um, as far as the... The three team players that are that you, that you didn't select for the final five. What 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 is their function? I know the, there's been the talk of uh, offensive coordinator or coach and things like that. And I think some people have maybe misunderstood what that all means. Could you explain it a little bit so that everybody's clear? Well, we want to take everybody to England. We're not leaving anybody behind. Like I said, they're all sacrificing attributed. You know, we knew going in that the worst part of all was going to be three players won't get to play. But we all knew that, and we all accepted it. This is a voluntary program. It's not something I mandate that you accept an opportunity on this team. I gave you a chance to earn it. And so at the end of the day, everybody had contributed and sacrificed and did so well. And before that, I knew that this day was coming. And honestly, you know, it's it's the uh, I'm very compassionate because I'm a player myself, and I know how desperately everybody needs this opportunity. I've played in the thing myself, and I know how big it is. There's nothing like this uh, in the sport. There's nothing even remotely like this. It's the Super Bowl of pool. So I'm sensitive to that. So the best I can do is if you're going to sacrifice and commit and be a team member and become a family, we're not leaving you behind. Everybody goes. And we've worked hard to that. It's, it's not been an easy task for anybody. And there's jobs and duties assigned to that. And for whatever the various coaching position is, we will have you a role so that you're contributing and, and an active team member, not a passive team member. Okay. But is there anything, any, have you got a design in mind of whatever this particular role might be at this point? Or is it just going to be kind of, yeah, well, no, so we everybody get that. together and and do what needs to get done. Kind of right, thing. right, right, right. No, there's definitely it's it's largely okay. It's a, just an opportunity for them to have an influence and to, and and to there's there's a, certainly a psychological advantage to having everybody on board and be a team and stick together. Okay. Um, Another question. I'm, I'm not trying to drill you on things. It's just questions that have came up, and so I'm just, you know, wanting to give you the opportunity to address some of them. And some of them are, you know, um, one of the questions. Two. Well, I say two of the questions is at the beginning of the year you picked the squad, and I believe I know the reasons, but I'm just saying this for so it can come from the horse's mouth. Um, People ask him why Mike DeShane and Skylar Woodard. Woodward isn't on the team. Mm-hmm. Or why they weren't picked initially for that. 
is uh-huh. is there a, I, my explanation that I've I've said openly is Mark Wilson doesn't have a crystal ball <laughs> and can't tell what's going to happen. Maybe Sky would have been on one of the you know maybe not the maybe not the initial twelve, but he came out of nowhere. But what what's your What's your take on that? A lot of people are uh, kind of saying, oh, Mike and Sky should be on the team. Okay, well, I was unaware of that part of it. But anyway, um, the bottom line is the Moscone Cup is a team event. Right? So yes. we've got to design a plan to win a team event. It's not an individual event. And so what makes a team? It's an individual sport. How are we a team? It's when you act together, when no one is more important than the team. And there's there's the honor, integrity, uh, values that have often been missing. The respect, discipline, dedication, unity, all these things have been missing in our sport so long, and particularly with a team. It And so if it comes down to you and I are playing together, it's not up to me to make a hero shot. I'm going to play safe and get you ball in hand. And, yes, you'll be the glory boy, but maybe I merely made the winning shot back when I played safe. And so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people. And I'm not isolating anyone. If you think uh, Skylar Woodward and uh, Mike DeShane are not on the radar for next year, you're completely wrong. We've already spoken to them. But nonetheless, they weren't here this year, and we're not going to throw someone in the mix. How is that going to be a family? What happened to all the things that we did earlier in the year? How does that work out? What's the dynamic of that? And then that undermines all the the, uh, efforts that we made. To be it's that, program, it's that program that you had and the reason behind doing it this way. Yeah, I, I agree. You put you put so you throw somebody else in the mix. All of a sudden, I mean, uh, you know, Mike had a good year, but again, you didn't have a crystal ball. And you well, know, no, you we knew Mike. Mike's a great player. We know that. I mean, everybody knows that. And then he's had an exceptionally good year, and he's getting to become a, a, a much better candidate for the future. No doubt about it. I mean, I, I my hat's off to him. Right, they, I well, see tangible progress. Well, good. Well, all all the people who were out there who were um, asking how come Mike wasn't on the team, he's he's got potential to be on the team. You know, it's not a, uh, it's not like you you cut him out of the whole equation. So, um, well, everybody's a member of Team USA. And everybody that lives here, we're all together, you know. And so, we want to have the best team that we can possibly have. We need to win the cup. You know, over when you look at Europe, I mean, they've really set the pace over the last eight years, and it, not just in terms of the score, but also with just excellence and professionalism. The, over the last eight years, they're 100 racks ahead of us. Do you hear yeah. me? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so we can't say bad roles. I say they work harder. They're more dedicated. And so what are we going to do? We're going to have to get up to their speed. We're going to have to work harder. And so we no longer accept excuses. There's no excuses ever. It's accountability. There's moral values, relentless positivity, all these type of things that are so often uh, not included because if I lose, then it goes into like a ego-saving thing. And so you'll see outward negative behavior because I'm trying to say, uh, salve my ego at the expense of the sport. It's disrespectful to the sport. When you replace yourself because you can't take what happened, and you say, well, these are bad roles, and uh, fire off some kind of profanity, or um, downplay the opponent's accomplishment, 
that's disrespectful to our sport. We're not doing that. We, that that's not my program. Never has been and never will. Right. And that's, uh, again, it's, you're changing the whole, whenever you change something from the way it's being done, it's always going to be a challenge. You're, 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 at this point, you're a pioneer that's setting the groundwork. Now, maybe, and I'm sure you will agree because I know you're a smart guy and, and, and everything else. Some, somewhere along the time this year, uh, I don't know if you're going to be catching next year or not, but ne- next year, along the way, there are mistakes that are going to be made. But everybody who's ever been a pioneer if, has made mistakes. And all you can do is, is learn by them. And I, I, I think that, you know, you, you, a lot of criticism that gets given out which is always going to be the case. It doesn't matter. You, you, you're never going to be right. able to get it all right. But a lot of the criticism, it's just because you're straying away from the original, what everybody knew, this is what we know, and now all of a sudden, you, you know, oh, now, now you've got what? You've got the other players coming, you've got other players coming to help, and you've got two team captains. What's going on here? Well, this isn't how it's done. You're supposed to have one captain sat there. Watch him. That's how it works. But um, I, I just spoke to Johan Rushnik, Rushnik, and uh, he thinks what you're doing is fabulous. He, he's hats off to you. Uh, he said, "I think this is the this is the way to go. This is the only way to go." And he's uh, he's doing it right. And I think he's making big uh, big strides, and it's going to improve uh, the image and the. Uh, overall play of Team USA. So that's, that's nice of him. Um, you had to, and we talked about this before when, when we were uh, doing our interview when you picked your initial eight, and we said, man, it's going to be tough action when you got to get down to picking five. What was your final process to pick that final five? Because I know it was probably one of the toughest things you've maybe ever had to do. Oh, sure it was. You know, uh, well, just to digress for a minute, you know, I don't really think that I'm a pioneer. I, I mean, that doesn't make sense. This is all stuff that has dissolved into the... How could we be in this particular state? We cannot continue to operate the way that we have I don't think anyone would expect to get much different results. Now, <clears throat> when you say, oh, you're doing it much different, and you're trying to have everybody uh, have moral integrity and be respectful of the sport, what a ludicrous thing. How do you expect anyone to get on board? Don't wonder why the sport doesn't have money in it. If we don't respect it, how can I ask someone else to respect it? That makes no sense. You know, I mean, this is what should have been done. And and so then when we apply that, and because it's never been done and it's foreign, people are confused. You know, I've tried to get the message across, and I, I think perhaps it's misunderstood or unheard. I, I'm not sure. But the point is that Team USA is operating differently, and it's all above board. Right. Well, that, that, that's my point. It's operating differently when... You change things whenever you do anything different. 
you know, I, 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 didn't somebody once say that a motor car was just a fad or something, or a computer was just a fad? You know, but look at, right. you know, what it's, what it's done. I'm not trying to... Like, like, no, I'm just saying it, it, it could have been this way all along. It's not like... It's not like we've uh, invented something here. It's not like we have secrets. Uh, well, you've never, you've never had the opportunity. Nobody's ever had the opportunity to do it like this before. Right. Yeah, for Moscone Cup, not for the Moscone Cup. It's, the, it's been the player rankings and two wildcard picks or the U.S. Open winner. And then you find out who your team was uh, five, six weeks prior to yeah. the, to the yeah. event. So there's never been a, a chance to team build and, yeah. and, and do these different things and say, okay, well, I realize this is not something that just one person needs to be involved in. We need to have other entities involved that are going to make us more productive. Mm-hmm. And, and so and, and that's all I'm saying is it's just different. That's why I, you know, you hear things on on the internet that you know oh, this is a little goofy and why why is it changing this? Why is this playing on? Well, you know, I, I imagine you've got to do the be in the position to do the job to understand the challenges that maybe it provides <laughs> and trying to make a difference. So, um, but you're, you're going sorry going back to your uh, selection process, which was the the tough part of uh, to me was going to be always going to be one of the hardest parts of the job because you get along with everybody, everybody's doing their best, everybody wants to be on the team, and at the end of the day, three people, you know, are not going to be playing members of the team. Um, did you have a certain process to go through to? To, to get to that point as to how you picked or well it started way back when they were selected we did an interview process and then it was explained about all the things about this team is going to be built on honesty and you know when when you go with a youth movement and that was explained as well everybody understood what the deal was and they all knew and accepted that there was going to be unfortunately only five people playing if it was up to me we could play all eight people I'm proud of every one of these guys. They've all contributed. They've all improved dramatically. They've all uh, sacrificed to be part of this thing. And, of course, you know, it's painful, but I owe it to the sport to do the best I can to bring the best team to Blackpool, and that's what we're going to do. Okay. Now, so now you've got your final five, and you've got your uh, staff there to assist. What's your next step? What, what, I, I mean, ask Johan the, the, the same question. Now you know your team. What are you going to do next? What's your um, leading up to the Moscone Cup? We said we've got, what, five, six weeks before then. Is there anything that you're going to do that's going to – because it's – and again, same thing I said to Johan. Your team is scattered all over the world. Your team is scattered all over the country, uh, which might as well be the world. It's you know it's as far away. Right. How do how do you uh, get together at this point? Other than I mean, I guess it's down to phone calls. Is it conference calls? Uh, what is it that you guys do next? Okay, next is next up as uh, we've got a couple public appearances, and we'll be in Decatur, Illinois. I think. November 22nd and 23rd at Starship Billiards. Oh, I love that place. All right. Yeah. 
Great, great place, and we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a real fun thing. Big media following. A bunch of league players there that are coming out. We'll be doing a Stony Cup style match. We'll be doing a pool clinic. We'll be doing a charitable thing. And uh, then after that, then we return to Lindenwood University, which is our home training ground. And all the tables will have brand new simonas on them. We're shifting our clocks to London time. We'll be eating, sleeping, training on London time for that week, leading up to our departure to Blackpool. Oh, I think we have another appearance in there, too. It sounds like we have a, a local appearance one night. Yeah, that, we're going into isolation, and we've got things to work on. That that sounds awesome. And then just to go back to Decatur, Illinois, I, I, um, to Starship Billions, I went in there. Um, I've been there twice. We've got two locations. Uh, there's another one in uh, Springfield, I believe, Springfield, mm-hmm. Illinois. And... Uh, we were there in the afternoon just doing, you know, so, some stuff, and the place was absolutely jam-packed. You know, it raised the level there, uh, well, it did at the time, where they've got tables and chairs set up for, uh, a, like, a restaurant. And their food is so good there that people come. They're not pool players. They just come for the food. Right. In that no, place. Real good. You know, it's a very vital pool area. And there's a number of leagues up there and queue builders and then the pool room, and they all believe in the sport and believe in what we're doing and just wish to participate in it. They have a huge juniors program. We're going to interact with them, and uh, we'll do a fundraiser for them, and we'll also do a clinic for them while we're there. So, you know, and I'm a very big believer that, you know, if we don't nurture the youth, where do you think the sport's going to uh, – how's it going to grow? It's going to continue to dwindle. And the leading players in the sport – uh, would stand to be the biggest losers if we don't nurture the sport and rekindle it and get pool rooms opening and junior programs going. Okay. So let me, let me, let me the leading let players would be the biggest winners if they were to nurture it. You know, I mean, so all those that are, uh, you know, leading players and pool room owners and pool league operators and manufacturers, then that leads us to the Pool Awareness Week. That's November 2nd through the 9th. And that's, that's another big uh, Team USA battle is to get people to bring one new person to the pool room, engage them, teach them a draw shot, tell them about a pro match, anything. Just just help by just including one new person that week. That's all we ask for. So let, let me just make sure. What are the dates for the Decatur, Illinois, you know, Associate Billings? I'll that off. <laughs> let me double check. They're at my desk at the school. I, I just want to make sure that everybody knows about it and everybody has a chance to... Okay, it's, 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 yeah, here it is. It's the uh, November 22nd and 23rd. Saturday no, 23rd. And then after that, you, you've got one more? Yeah, Big Six Billiards in Breeze, Illinois. Okay. And that should be a pretty cool one. This will, this will be, like, they're, they're going to do it full-on Moscone Cup style. There will be a fog machine. <laughs> DJ, uh, be two diamond tables. We've been playing a lot of. Uh, this will actually be just the proper five Moscone Cup players playing matches. There's some pretty decent prize money attached to that, and so uh, that should be a, a, a unbelievable event and a great final lead up to uh, heading to Blackpool. Awesome. And so then that that from F now after that one, you're going to switch your time yeah. to London to English time. 
And are you all still going to be together, or are you all going back yeah. to your own? No, uh, beginning November 21st, we will be together straight through the Moscone Cup. Oh, that's Which is great. Yep. And, and where are you all going to be? Well, we're in isolation, but okay, I'm in the University. Okay, so, so there's, there's not there's not the way no, anybody we're going into an underground bunker or something. No, we're in the Lindenwood <laughs> University. It's top secret, Mark. I would have to tell you. <laughs> well, you got that Navy SEAL there with you. You know, I mean, God only knows what can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, yeah, he'll be with us through the duration. And I think that's good, and I, I, I've said it before, whether it be to you or to other people, that, you know, the, the Moscone Cup, it gets to the, the, the timing. Jet lag can be a real pain in the ass, man, and it can take a day or so to get through it, yeah. and if that's what you're just getting over... When you get to play, it can be a disadvantage, and so I, I, I think you're going to have a lot of time to get used to the the, the time for, uh, change. Well, I think it's a, I think it's a fabulous idea. Well, we um, really hope to go much earlier to England, but there's no budget for it, so that's not going to work. So we've had to compromise some of the plans. The original plans have been changed, and contingency plans have been applied, but it's all been thought out. It's not like we don't we just randomly throw out crap. I mean, if you knew how much we worked on it, you would absolutely be amazed. And there's other things in the plans too, but uh, some have worn out and some, you know, haven't proven to be great ideas just because, you know, they were too ambitious. Right. But well, nonetheless, but, uh, we we are, are you know, we want to win the Moscone Cup period, no matter what. And so that's our primary objective. And secondarily, we would like to do something great for the sport simultaneously. And that's always been the agenda. That's always been the plan. And uh, I've tried to be as direct and clear about that as possible. But anyway, I mean, naturally, you know, I suppose you can't just say it one time and know what you're thinking and expect everybody else to know what you're thinking. But it's purely about the sport. Well, now, would you want to give a prediction of the final outcome? Uh, Well, one, it will be complete professionalism. And it'll absolutely be excellent. And I would say uh, the U.S. wins by a couple matches. Oh, see now, here's here's where we I run into a problem with with this. The problem is I just spoke to Johan. I asked him for a prediction. He said eleven nine. Obviously, to Team Europe. Oh, he didn't think the U.S. was going to beat him 11 that, that's, that's exactly why. Okay, well, I, I, let me get a hold of him. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. And we had a little bit of a chuckle about it. Now, here's the, here's the, uh, here's the thing. I said, well, it's a friendly gesture. I know you're not a, a gambling man, but would you bet Mark Wilson a chicken dinner on it being 11-9? He said, if Mark Wilson gets to bat at 11-9, I'll buy him a chicken dinner. If he doesn't, yeah, he yeah. buys me a chicken dinner. <laughs> okay, great. You know, you want, no, you want I'll to buy you a dinner anyway. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, here's the thing for me. You couldn't possibly bet more on this than I have. I've got everything at stake on this thing, and if it goes down bad, I'll totally take credit for the failure. 
Well, that's that. To, to me, that's how a, a team captain is supposed to act. I'm, I'm sure that there's. Uh, you, unfortunately, you're probably the exception. One of the exceptions to the rule. I think a lot of people would rather not take the the blame and uh, take the credit. Yeah, well, it's not about me anyway. I definitely will take the credit for a failure because it was, you know, something I I, I had an oversight. But it was everything's been planned out and thought through. It's not just willy nilly make a decision and go with it. That, that's funny though that you both said a couple of games. You know, you both basically eleven and nine, mm-hmm. saying that the outcome was so. That's uh, that's good and. I'll pass it on. Oh, Johan wanted me to say hi to you, and uh, I'd tell you good luck. We have, uh, and I feel the same way towards him, we have such uh, a couple communications we've had. We clearly have deep respect and admiration for each other, and, I mean, for his record in the Moscone Cup being undefeated. We're at a stage of time when Europe has really had a, a failing record and was starting to look like they had no chance, to resurrect that and make them into a dynamic superpower is that's really quite a testimonial to his skill. So he will not be underestimated and totally respected. Well, yeah, you, and, and sorry, one other thing that I said to him, and I, maybe you'll agree, it's just because Europe has had such a surge of, of like, Team USA are never going to have, for the, in the near future, are never going to have a, an easy team to play against. Uh, I, b- I believe that Team Europe could make five, if they looked at it and started spreading people around, I think they could make five U- Moscone Cup teams right now that were good competitive teams. And I'm not sure that um, the USA, for whatever reason, has that ability. But they can probably put, you know, they probably can put two or three good teams together. But by oh, what you're, but what 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 you're trying to do, is hopefully going to give that a reinsurgence and you know put put it back to somewhat even. Whereas you know we can have a choice of however many players we want that are going to always be world class. You know, mm-hmm. so. You know, one thing, Mark, a lot of times people say, you know, Europe could field five teams. That would be a very competitive uh, opponent for the USA's top team. But I'll tell you what, we can put together four or five teams that would be very competitive for them, too. I don't know why we always get, I mean, uh, we've got plenty of talent here. Now, sometimes I think we lack direction or leadership, but we got the talent. Now we just got to harness it and make them become team members and get us to get back on board here. We just need but, to work harder. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's that's pretty close to basically what I was trying to trying to say. Um, you know, we have just been the U.S. The USA pool players have been in such a, a rut with for one reason or another, and. It is, it is time to, to build them up and make, you know, make the whole scene better and more appealing for everybody concerned and make people want to play pool. Well, why do you think we're in a rut, though? You said we're in a rut. I, I, think, I, I, think, I think we're in a rut because basically because everybody's broke. Everybody's broke. 
everybody's out for themselves. Um, there's no unity. There's, uh, you look, look at the Europeans and, and how they are always together. They're, they're structured. They support each other. It seems like the USA players, everybody's just trying to get what they can get because they, they have to. This is how they feed their families. They don't have, like, for whatever reason, I don't know what the reason is. That's where the rug comes in. I don't, I, I don't know why Thorsten Holman can travel around the world and he's got a nice place to, to, to live and a, and a nice car and, and able to do what he does. And he's structured. Same thing with Darren Appleton. Um, Neil's player. Okay, that's we, we can't we can't really say that about many American players who are not struggling. Right, right. And so that's where the rut comes in, and where where do they go? And it forces it, it forces these top world class quality players to play in five hundred dollar tournaments at their local pool room, and not. You know, wear flip flops and jeans, and not put in the training hours because why? Why bother practicing? You know, there's no money in this anyhow. Everybody's waiting for the next uh, golden goose to lay an egg to to put the game back where they want it to be, and then that's where the motivation will be. Seems like the Europeans have the motivation already, and that's why they're doing well. So I don't, I, I don't know that. That probably I probably went off on a rant there that it might get no, me into tr- trouble. Might get me into trouble, but <laughs> it's just the way I see it. And no one you get in trouble with. Well, <laughs> just, uh, the, the pool playing community, you know, I, I it's easy to get in trouble these days. So, but here's the thing, Mark. We, you know, we're, we're behind you. I've got to ask you some of these questions, and some of them are kind of difficult to answer. Because, again, you're doing something that's different, that's groundbreaking. And um, whenever you do that, there's always going to be people want to know the reasons why. And hopefully you've given them some of the reasons that, you know, why you're doing what you're doing, how you're doing it. And I, I think it's been pretty clear, though, from the start. Don't you? When we did our first interview, when you first... Uh, when you picked the first day, it's been pretty clear what you were looking for and who the players were that you picked and why you picked them. Yeah. You can't change it in the middle of it, and that's something I've said. You know, you, know, you, you could if you wanted, I suppose, but um, changing it in the middle, the whole program doesn't don't mean anything anymore. You know? Right, you, right. So, But we support you, Mark. I'm on your side. Go USA, and uh, is there anybody you'd like to mention or thank for well, the support along the way? The supporters. I mean, uh, if you knew the volume of people that come up and, and shake our hands and, uh, and, and tell us they love what we're doing, they're excited about it, and the direction that we're heading, it's exciting. I mean, these are exciting days for pool because there's, we're at our absolute nadir. There's not going to be much that can allow it to grow further into the hole. And we're trying to blaze a new trail and make something happen. It's not easy, but anything great is hard. So that's just kind of where we're at. But certainly, uh, you know, Viva Team USA. 
All right, buddy. Well, listen, I appreciate it. And I'm not sure if I'll get to talk to you again, um, maybe here and there, uh, on a, maybe on a personal level. But uh, and, until then, uh, you've got your events. If there's anything you need, anything I can do, let me know. I'm more than happy to uh, mention on the show or on the Internet what, whatever it is that you're up to to uh, help promote the team and what you guys are doing. Yeah, uh, we all listen and we all love the show. So, all right, man, we really well, appreciate it. All right, Mark. Well, listen, get to Blackpool, have fun, get on that English time. You're gonna love that. Uh, get some, start eating boiled potatoes and and, and stuff, <laughs> and that way you're, you're gonna be all ready. Your digestive system's not gonna get upset, and you'll be and you'll be good to go, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Bye, bye. And there's Mark Wilson, Captain America. Um, you know, he's explained uh, a number of the things there that's been in question. So, so you know, it's, I, I understand it's a tough situation for him. He, obviously, he, he can't talk about why he picked one player over another. I mean, that's just uh, no good for team unity. Um but I think he had a hard choice to make with the players that he had. I think he just had a hard decision on, you know, who, who do you pick? You know, it's it, it, that I would know. I would not want that job. Um, well, I kind of would want the job, but I don't want it to be so hard. But um, for right now, I think that's it. Um, hope you enjoy uh, listening to. Uh, uh, Coach Johan, and we'll have the two uh, captains of each ship have said their piece. Uh, there's a bat for a chicken dinner. So I hope to speak to you again next week. And until then, we will uh, see who we're going to get next week. Who knows? Who's it going to be? It's got to be something to do with the uh, Moscone Cup, I think, maybe at this point. So. I will speak to you next week. This is Mark Cantrell, the Legends and Champions radio show on American Billion Radio, brought to you by Niels George Cabinets of Phoenix, Arizona. Speak to you then. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of American Billiard Radio, AZ Billiards. I'm Mike Howerton. I'm joined by a very special guest this week, the man of the the man of the month, definitely. Uh, everybody's got an opinion, whether it be good or bad. Uh, I'm joined by Barry Berman. Barry, how you doing? Well, I must say, uh, excuse my voice. Um, I, I feel I feel uh, almost alive again. It, it it always takes a toll. Or my myself mentally and physically, and a lot of times financially too. But I'm at home, relaxed with my two little puppies, and I'm I'm 
I'm coming back to life, and excuse my voice. But other than that, I'm feeling well. Thank you, Mike. Certainly you must work on each year's U.S. Open for the entire year, but when do you get serious? I mean, how far out do you get serious about the work that is involved in putting on a U.S. Open? It's funny that you asked. Uh, years ago, I would put my book together. Uh, every year, I revert back to the year before U.S. Open book. I've saved every book from day one. One day, they'll be worth a lot of money, but uh, not to me, but uh, in the archives. Uh, I used to do it 100 days out, uh, and now I can do it um, 60 days out down to uh, a science uh, by hand, by hand. I'd rather do it. I've been doing it that way my whole life, so why change now? Uh, even though I'm not a complete computer illiterate, I I rather have my hundreds of checkoff lists in black and white with a new book every year reverting back to last year's U.S. Open. So 60 days, but my planning is uh, a little bit longer, but really getting down to the nitty-gritty, it's, it's 60 days of putting the book together. I start with that. But I do think about it for, for, you know, the entire year. Right. Now, we'll, we'll get to the payment side of things. And, and, you know, that it was certainly a negative um, towards the end of the event. But before we get into that, I think prior to that, you had to consider the event a big success this year. Um, absolutely. When you have, uh, and, and, and it, it dawned on me uh, a, a couple of days into the event, uh, why? Uh, you know, Mike, I don't think we've ever, well, I know we, we've never had uh, the top 32 ranked players in the world. And thank you again, uh, Mr. Anderson and Mr. Nemechek, um, for allowing me to sanction with the WPA. We've never had of the top 32 players in the world, 26 of them were here. And there were many reasons for that, many reasons. Um, and it really hit me, uh, the reasons. Of the 126 players, at least 100 of them in their mind, in their minds, knew they were going to finish in the money because I pay deep. Uh, my father, may he rest in peace, who knew absolutely nothing about my business, used to tell me um, many years ago, the more people you pay, the more come back. So it's only true. Uh, everybody on the planet would pay only 32 spots. But since so many people from planet Earth and 20 countries come, uh, Wow, isn't it nice to give 33 through 48 double their entry back and leave first place at 30, which is plenty. So as 38% of the field are paid back, and wow, of the 38%, over 100 of them in their minds again uh are, in their minds, think they're one of them, all right? There's only one winner. 
Right. So there you go. And the fact of paying deep is definitely a plus rather than stopping at 32 and paying the champion 40000 I'd rather pay the champion thirty and pay 33 through 48 double their entry. It all works. One thing that the lower number of players seemed to change for the event this year, there was concern that the higher entry fee was going to make it too expensive for some of what we refer to as dead money. You know, guys that just play in the event for the experience, knowing that they have no chance of winning it. Only one could win. Instead of saying it that way, the uh, as you refer uh, to dead money, um, you know, that could, let's say, that could place in the money instead of winning uh, the event. Um, so rephrase that with that being said, because there's only one winner. And before you do, though, I'll give you a little fuel for thought. Of the 126 players, uh, in my opinion and others, 30 to 40 players can win this year. Oh, I felt that way, yeah. Uh, well, isn't that unbelievable? That, 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 that's the case. Wow. It really was. I mean, we were, we were blown away by the quality of players, guys that, that we weren't even familiar with who were, who were seriously making a run in the event. And because of their world ranking. My God. And uh, Jay Halford and I were stoked about that. I'm not a skateboarder, but I'm stoked about that. And so was Jay. Um, and let's face it, there's not many points events in the world for the WPA. And I'm certainly glad, again, to have uh, Mr. Anson and Skip Nemechek. You know, um, uh, I paid the sanction fee months ago and was glad to do so and did not deduct that out of the at all when every other promoter does. But, wow, uh, these days and times, for people to travel from 20 countries and to have a field like we had, of course, I was I was on pool cloud nine. I just wished I, I, I watched one match <laughs> and part of the finals, but I, I'm sure everybody enjoyed the quality of play. Oh, by far. I mean, the, there were, I don't think there were any complaints. There were two or three matches that I heard people referring to as possibly the best AccuStats match of the year. That was multiple matches. Um, yes. The, the quality of play was, was extraordinary. And as part of the conversation about the quality of play, I want to talk about the winner, Shane Van Boning. And so do I. Let me just say, honestly, not to cut you off, Mike, in my opinion, and I'm a huge fan of golf, uh, and I've been to Augusta 13 years for the practice rounds from 95 through 09, uh, with the exception of one year. So I went to the promised land, have it on earth 13 straight years, just a Monday or Tuesday's practice round. In my opinion, evaluating both, and I, and I am uh, – 
uh, a lot of the things that goes hand in hand with pool is golf. Uh, Tiger Woods won the Tiger Slam uh, six, seven years ago, eight years ago, whatever, when he was in in top form over one year, he, not in the same year. That's why they call it the Tiger Slam. Okay, he won four majors in a row, but again, not the same year. In my opinion, what Shane Van Boning did over a three-year period of time surpasses Mr. Tiger Woods' Tiger Slam for for a hundred reasons in which we don't have time to discuss. Because if you compare, and you're knowledgeable both, I'm I'm not an expert with golf, but I'm pretty knowledgeable. Um, I think he surpassed the Tiger Woods slam, in my opinion. Well, let's make a comparison that's a little bit easier to make. Do you think it's tougher today for a player, Shane, to win the U.S. Open, or was it tougher... 10 or 15 years ago when Earl was winning the U.S. Opens? Well, easy, easy answer. You know, just like in so many sports, like golf, like tennis, and I've been to the U.S. Open in Flushing Meadows three years ago and two years ago, there are so many good players of today and every sport on the planet. And it's a gr- it's just great to see that that the uh, the game of pool is in that breed of 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 players participating in their selective field. I mean, my God, uh, Mark Wilson has a tough task. He's got to pick five of the eight, and that's not going to be easy. So. Uh, thank God, uh, USA is um, trying to to win a Moscone Cup, and boy, they have the right man and his team um, 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 of the one gentleman as an ex Navy SEAL. Lord have mercy. Uh, uh, talking about training with Mark's wisdom and his. Uh, mental advice and physical advice. Uh, uh, USA, I think, is uh, they made a great decision with the BCA to go this route to for Americans to excel because we need to catch up. Yeah, we do, and I like what Mark is doing. I was really blown away by the way those eight players seem to be embracing what Mark is trying to do. Well, Mark's, Mark's ace guy, of a guy. He's smart. Uh, you know, he's soft-spoken. Um, he uh, used to play jam-up pool, and he's very knowledgeable. I, I love hearing him um, in the commentating booth. He really is good. Uh, Jimmy Weiss. You're still the best, but I'm just saying <laughs> you are Jimmy. You are, and um, uh, Mark, you're just a hair under him. But it's uh, if this makes you feel better, Mark, it's a blonde hair, which is very thin. And you, 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 you Mark Wilson, you're phenomenal in the booth. But Jimmy, 
your number one. Going to going back to to Earl. I mean, with with Shane having won four titles already at at the young age that he is, I think we've gotten past the question of will anyone ever win five. I mean, I think it's an insult to ask if Shane, who's won four, is going to win five. My question is, how many titles do you think this kid can win in his career? Well, you know, I did something. Um, um, I'm glad that I did. Right after the, there was a, a, a long line of people that wanted autographs. I'm so happy that people came down and got autographs from Shane. And um, when he was finally done after at least 45 straight minutes, I mean, he's such a popular young man and just a great guy. I mean, just a just golly day. Uh, uh, what a gentleman and soft-spoken and mild-mannered. Um, I took off my green jacket. It was a little warm, and I had it on all night. And I got the last autograph from Shane, and I asked him on the inside where it's gray lining for his autograph on my jacket inside where you can't see it uh, when you're wearing it. And I've never asked a player or even thought of that. It just popped into the pea brain, and he autographed it, and he wrote under it four times with the ex-U.S. Open champion. And in answer to your question, Mike, you know, he's 31. Uh, What he did was, you know, like, again, may not... The only person that can break it is him. It'll never happen again. And 100 years from now, when the stories are written, uh, you know, only Shane can win four in a row. And nobody else will ever win three in a row. And ever is a big word to say, even though it's five letters, because it's too tough these days. And, of course, he played well. But his first match, he should have lost. There were two matches in there he should have lost. Yeah, two of them. But you're right. They both went to the hill. But the first one with Rob says, Rob had him down 10-7. And he broke Rob, made the nine on the break, and scratched and lost the match. And then another person, a young man, took him to the hill. Who was that, uh, if you don't mind me? Kwong from Vietnam. I'm telling you, the play is superb. And um, with um, everybody being taken care of come Tuesday, which is already... um, um, a given, uh, thank God, and we'll get into that. And my, um, uh, what's happening for next year will will be happening, which will uh, only increase the, the prize fund, and uh, and there'll be no delays. We'll get into that, and and maybe Barry might make a few dollars too. Golly, <laughs> day, that be not, that would be uh, that would be mighty nice. Um, but um, um, we're going to have corporate America um, uh, majorly involved, and I'm not talking about one or two or three, and I can't name the ones now, but wait and see. 
Okay, before we get into the payment, there was one last thing that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that the rules, the rule changes that you guys made as far as the break, did they, did they do what you intended them to do? Thank you, Jay Halford. Thank you, Jay Halford. Thank you, Jay Halford. You know, uh, Jay and I really started off the event this year with a bang. <laughs> If you know what I mean, um, yeah. I, I missed my cuz last year, uh, two years ago. It was just, uh, you know, a, a, just a mess when we had three and a half ballrooms and a lot of tension, uh, crazy times. But I'm so proud of Jay uh, and, uh, of course, Carl and Scott and uh, that held up so well. Um, Jay, uh, about 10 days prior uh, to the event, 12, 10, 12 days, uh, calls me, and, and when he calls, he, he he's always, uh, may I ask a question? It, it is, uh, I have to ask you a question. It's major. It's very important. Uh, and he, I don't, he doesn't have to be so polite with me because, golly, hey, we're like cousins, but that's just Jay in a good way. Jay said, we have a serious problem, and I'm going, oh, my God, what what's what, what is this series from? But he said, Barry, around the world and a lot of events, uh, they're now putting the nine on the spot. And I said, Jay, we've done that as well a couple years, a few years ago. Also, when we had the Sardo rack, we, we tried that. And we did that to um, eliminate the wing ball from going. So I said, Jay... What do you think we should do? He said, I don't know, but a lot of events are now doing that. I said, well, Jay, here's what we need to do. And you're really much better at this than me. Throw it out there for the world. Let's wait uh, 24 to 48 hours. Let me know the response and the percent. So two days, within two days, he calls and says, Barry, I went through everything, everybody's opinion, and it was two to one, over two to one, over two to one, to put the nine ball on the spot and use the break box. Well, let me tell you how smart that was, um, that we made the right decision. Uh, it Now it brought all elements into the game rather than no offense to the young man Wu, who won the world championship at age 16, uh, seven, eight years ago. No offense. My God. He was down 16 to 11, and he broke and ran out six racks in a row. And he won, and he was 16. But by doing what we did, listening to Earl Strickland in one of the interviews with the local TV, he made perfect sense of this, that this rule is great for especially veteran players because of the knowledge they have uh, of the game over the years and that they have a chance to win this event rather than someone that hits the golf ball the furthest wins the golf tournament or someone that makes three balls on the break to win the tournament. At this, now, this turned out to be uh, so good, so good, so good, it brought in 
so many elements and knowledge of the game um, that, my, my God, it brought more players a chance to win uh, when they, in their 40s and 50s years of age because of their knowledge. May Steve Miserat rest in peace. He told me years ago, a pool player peaks at the age of 40, after the age of 40. So, my God, Shane's 31. Oh, my God. Watch out, pool world. Uh, I don't know how many U.S. Open uh, and uh, world championships he's going to win. Uh, I, have, I mean, um, I, I'm not, I don't even want to begin to guess. Uh, I don't want to uh, jinx him or, or anything, but um, um, I, I do believe Earl's in a little trouble with with the record and I don't mean just tying it okay he just needs one more to tie so um uh you you got you, you've got to bet that uh Shane's going to win uh more than five absolutely um before we take a break which I know I said I said one question mm-hmm. ago that we were going to take a break after a question you uh you briefly mentioned the staff that you had at the event and it just as as more than just a member of the media as a fan of the game i've i've got to tell you it it just felt right again to hear scott's voice on the mic during that week it just feels more like the us open well no one well yes i don't want to say no one was happier than me i think uh that 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 of course is not true um everyone was excited to have Scott the voice shot back, my God, and he was in rare form as usual. He hadn't missed a beat, and I, I'm jealous that I couldn't keep up with him because I had uh, too many fires to put out all week. My staff did a great job, but there were a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes situations I felt like a firefighter, seriously, without the smoke. And uh, but uh, uh, that's my job to do uh, the best I can. And I know that it, uh, moving, re- relocating some uh, some VIP seats was not an easy decision, but it was the right executive decision to make. Uh, come the third day, for a multitude of reasons, um, and uh, most of those. Uh, wonderful people were absolutely wonderful, and then there was uh, a couple that actually um, 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 caused Roberta to cry that they were so upset about. And I can see that they could be upset, the few uh, that were, but to say nasty things to her uh, was completely uncalled for when all I'm trying to do is to appease as many people as humanly possible and uh, mission accomplished. Um, and we can get back to that floor plan and, and if you would like after the break or we can briefly, I, I can briefly go through it in, thir- in, in 40 seconds right now. <laughs> all right, I'll give, you, I'll give you 39 seconds. Okay, when, on paper... With the elevations of each row being 16 inches above, there was not a problem with the third row 
going out into the pit on both sides where everybody else in general mission could see the TV table. On paper, it was beautiful and black and white. But in reality, even with 16 inches above each row, it did not work. And the top row was the reason that it did not work. We had 20 extra seats, VIP, right up on the 40, 50 yard line. And I, I had a decision to make to, to appease more people. And I went for it. And I know it was the right decision, even though a few disagree. For the most part, 90% at least were happy. And we're talking about general mission as well, as well. And the ones that re, re, relocated, uh, kindly, thank you. Um, and only a few were really upset, but uh, uh, they they also apologized. So, um, um, and I, I can't thank them enough because it, it's all about everybody. We're all there together, and um, I wanted to appease as many people as possible. Okay, sounds and good. And that won't happen again, though. That won't happen again um, at all, uh, at all, uh, most likely we're not going to be in that building, uh, most likely. But if we were, then that row, third row on either side, would not be available. Okay. Well, let's let's take a real short break, and then let's come back and talk about the the other side of things. The you know what what happened there on the final day. Absolutely, and I'm very prepared, um, Mr. Howerton, for uh, any questions, and uh, I'm enjoying this. Okay, everybody, we will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm joined this week by Barry Berman. All right, we talked about the the good side of things, Shane winning. The event seemed to be running great until the last day when it came time for the players to get their checks. What exactly happened on that last day? Well, you know, Mike, um, yes, um, I will take 100%. I will not make an excuse uh, whatsoever. Um, All I can do is state facts. Um, As knowledgeable as I am, 39 in a row, um, as knowledgeable as I am, realizing uh, last year and comparing it to this year in the same ballroom, um, last year I added 50. This year, I added 70. Now, with that being said, last year, we had 150 VIP seats, and then we had bleacher seating for general admission for the other eight tables, and that held 400 people with the $10 wristband all day, all night. Well, I wanted to go all in with my seating this year with no bleachers. 
And you know what they say some, a lot, nice guys finish last. Well, um, again, that cut general admission seating from 400 to 200. When you do the math, and, and it was so packed, come the second night, um, I immediately uh, um, uh, wanted to do the best I can under the circumstances. So I had the hotel. Um, it, it, uh, they were forewarned about this, but they finally got to it by the last three days. Hook up a TV, a, a big screen TV at the front bar when you walk in when we were at capacity, we hit the switch and for free people could sit at that bar and watch the TV table because they want to make sure that whoever came in the building, if they couldn't be in the ballroom, they could at least watch the big screen around the bar area, have something to eat and drink and, and be happy and no charge. Just like at a baseball game. That it's blacked out until it's sold out in that town, in that city. And then they hit the switch, like in Baltimore or Washington, close by. And now it's on the air because it's sold out. Well, I did the same thing for my fans. And when my guy said, we're at capacity I, the last three days, no problem. I hit the switch. But at the end of the week, that probably cost well over $30,000 of lost revenue. And um, again, we live and we learn. And, it, you know, when you, you know, again, nice guys finish last some, most of the time. You know, when you pay one person, then everybody expects. Well, tell me of one event in the world that pays $165,000 that has all of that cash readily available. Uh, I, there, there are none, zero. Matchroom, much smarter than I, they wire transfer to the players 10 days to two weeks and they get their money. Um, or they they get post date, or they'll they'll get a check, and and a lot of times it will be for a week after. Um, as great as Matchroom does, they're so smart. I want to be like Barry Hearn and Luke. Um, they spend a fortune on production, a fortune. I know how much, but I'd rather not say. Um, it's their business, and they could um, stroke checks at the event, but they have to recuperate also, and they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, let's just say that, on production, and it's pay-per-view. So they recoup, and then they wire, which is very smart, and uh with corporate America being in the building for the 40th anniversary next year, uh, uh, nobody will get a check from me uh, or Roberta or Q Master Bids or one of mine. They will get a check from the main corporate entity, 
involved who will be delegated through my attorney to hand a player their check, then they can go cash across the street if it's Bank of America, as an example. And that, because I, I don't want ever for my staff or I to go through the heartache, misery, and I don't blame the players. I don't blame the players. They all need their money. So I'm going to do one better. Rather than wire 10 days or post-date 10 days, they'll get a check from from the right corporation. There's three right now that we have. We'll make the announcement soon. But we'll, my attorney would delegate which one will be delegated to say, here's your check, and you can go to the bank right across the street right now. Well, hallelujah, and forget about paying $1 of cash to anybody. These uh, uh, players, they can, uh, they're wonderful, but they need the money. So I'm gonna, that's what's going to happen next year because I wouldn't be saying we have corporate America if we didn't. And the announcements will be coming soon about which ones. And that's the way to, to, to play it next year for the big 4-0. And that way we can have a chance to have a good time too because it sure was heartache and misery. And I know you want to talk about a certain U.S. Open champion. Well, and before we get to that, um, I understand coming up short based on the general admission seating. Plus the additional 20 more added to be tier two for points event. It all adds up, Mike. And my, the mistake that I made, at the, I should have... Should have, could have, would I should have told the players at the players' meeting. I dogged it. I dogged it, and I'm not blaming anybody but me. I should have said, players, I'm going to pay as deep as I can, and then I'm going to have to stroke a check. And that's what I should have done. And if it was to be a post-dated check for a short period, nine, 10 days, they would have done up front. My back, my fault, my back, my fault. And the reason was, is a multitude of many. Q Master Bears did a phenomenal amount of business. 70% of our business, my business, are credit card sales. It takes several days to hit my bank. Plus, uh, they, I have other sponsorship dollars that come in after the event with the deals that I have with several people, several of uh, big industry or otherwise involved in the event that do not pay until a week to 10 days afterwards. I should have laid my cards on the table. I didn't mean not to. I dogged it. Now, I humbly apologize to all the players. I really do. Because 25 through 48 were cash, and 1 through 24, they'll cash them on Tuesday 
coming up. And, but that won't ever happen again because I want these guys to be able to walk across the street and go to, if it's Bank of America, which happens to be right across the street um, from the, <clears throat> maybe the Chesapeake Conference Center, uh, maybe, uh, not, not 100% yet, but uh, that's another announcement coming soon, uh, hopefully. Uh, and that's the way to do it so they can get their money right away. I mean, even on a Saturday morning. So, uh, and the banks close Monday. So it, they'll have an opportunity six of the seven days to uh, cash a corporate check. And that's a valuable lesson that I learned. The, the bottom line is everybody will be, uh, the funds um, uh, will be in, uh, completely there for the, Seventy some thousand dollars that's due on this coming Tuesday, and the arrangements have been made. And uh, as Mike Pinoza mentioned, when they get their checks cashed Tuesday, all will be well. Well, it's going to be weller, which is not really a word. Uh, uh, it's a bearing word. It'll be. And remember, I'm drinking water. It's a very, I mean, he went after this, so uh, it's, it, it's even one weller when they can take that corporate check from that corporate company and go right across the street the, as soon as they get their check and cash it. And that's going to happen from here on out because any other way is unacceptable. These guys need their money. And I don't blame him for being upset with me. I dogged it. That's one thing that I majorly regret of all the hard work uh, that I put in this year. I'll be damned if I'm going to dog it um, this Tuesday, and I'll be damned if I'm going to dog it for the 40th next year. I'll be damned if I'm going to dog it. And uh, I'm sorry, players. I love you all. And... I hope the WPA still loves me, and I want them to love me. I want to be sanctioned for for life. And um, uh, too many good things happened this year, and I'm not going to let this ruin it uh, because Tuesday will be a wonderful day. Well, there were certainly some some tempers involved uh, when this all came to light there on the final day now i know mike you mike uh, i tell you uh I, 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 again you know i'm not blaming my age I, my mind's sharp everybody knows i'm clean from substance i'll have a drink or two uh, i don't drink at home i'm you know i'm drinking water now i'm at home with my two little monsters and um uh, being in control is wonderful but i did dog that this and I did not do it on purpose at all. It just, dang on it. I I sure wish I could have paid deeper, and I sure wish this didn't happen. But you know, I added more, had less seats, credit cards take a while, other things after the event, and but again, I'm a firm believer that good things come from things that may not be so good, like what we're talking about now. So case closed for the big 4-0 and beyond. Well, I do think that 
if all the checks that were made to the players cash on Tuesday, that this will most most likely be looked at as just a hiccup. You know, I think the players will all be pleased if they have that payment within that short period of time. Um, now, of course, when everything hit the fan there on the final day, um, the forums blew up, Facebook blew up. Uh, there were many, many beliefs and many things based on on things that took place in the past. I, I just wanted to clarify some things with you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, first off, I don't. I'm pretty sure this was just a misunderstanding from years ago. There was no problem with Mika this year. Um, and, and as far as what, um, uh, Roberta gave him his, his, uh, check and she said, no problem. Okay. Yeah. And I think there, I think people had, had taken a comment that was made about the problems that you and Mika had years ago and tried to bring it into saying that it just happened, which that wasn't the case. Um, we've gone past all that when he was inducted, I was there. And he thanked me for all the years uh, through uh, the good and the and the rocky road too. And you know, um, um, you know, things happened uh, many years ago, um, and it came to a head. I'm just glad he didn't he didn't cold cock me because <laughs> I, I have no chance. Guy runs a marathon. He, he's forty one or two. Looks like he's twenty eight. And uh, um, you know, no, thank you. I, I don't want to fight. I don't. I don't want to fight with my puppies. My God, uh, I'm more or less a human being. So no. But Mika and I had words, and I, I just—it's in the past. And uh, we've done—we didn't kiss and make up, but we've hugged and made and shook hands and made up. And 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 has never. And we haven't had a problem in over a dozen years so that's a good thing sure now was there a problem with Corey this year Corey Dool really should be very ashamed of himself you know he he's a US Open champion um, and Corey um, I know all about making bad decisions at times. Corey made a horrible decision, you know what I mean? Corey was just, um, uh, compl- he, here's the sad part. When I was writing his check under the grandstands with, next, next to Roberta, Corey had no idea if we were going, we, if we were giving him a check or having him endorse this check and pay him in cash. He had no idea. All he saw was what we've been doing all along is writing checks and cashing checks, and he knew nothing else. And Roberta and I had discussed what we can do cash-wise and what we can't. So while I'm writing his check, before I said a word about we're cashing it for you or we're not you have to wait 10 days. None of that. Before he even, he said, he said, he, um, uh, he shows me his cell phone and he said, and he's got his lawyer's name and phone number on there. 
and said to me, if you don't cash this check right now, I'm instructed to call my attorney. Wow. Uh, wow. Now, you know, again, he had no idea if that check was being handed to him or to hand to him to endorse and cash for him. He had no idea. And that's the sad part about it. When he jumped to a conclusion, when, um, when that happened, and that happened uh, right at, during, I believe, the semis, the last day, and uh, there were guys in line before him, but he didn't care. He just went to the head of the line, and he came up to me and, and in an abrupt way wanted to make sure I saw his uh, lawyer or whatever uh, uh, several names were and this, that, and the other, and you bet this needs to be cast or I have to call him. And I told him to go away and leave me alone. I don't want to, uh, don't want to see you right now. Go away, leave me alone. And then he kept pestering me. And, and remember, there are people in line. He went right beyond them. And to do this, um, um, I just said, um, uh, here, endorse this. I said, here's your money. I don't want to see you. You need to leave. You don't deserve to be a U.S. Open champion acting this way. And now I wasn't screaming because I was right there behind the boom. But believe me, I wanted to. Well, he, uh, he got his money. We have his endorsed check. And then he sends me a text half hour later saying he's sorry. He's got a chocolate for me and doggy treats for my dogs. And uh, um, at that time, I didn't care if he had a, um, um, a pink Cadillac. Um, it didn't matter. I didn't want anything to do with him. And I told him to come back when he grows up because of the manner of which he did this. He, he, he's the same guy that left his green jacket in a dry cleaners somewhere in America, and he doesn't have a clue which dry cleaners and what state or city in America, quote, that's what he told me. It's the same guy that's been asking me for four years, can I get him another green jacket made? And I've given him the printer's uh, screen printing name and number for so he can uh, put his left foot forward, then his right, make a phone call, and have his, another green jacket. So, you know, I'm tired of babysitting Mr. Corey Duell, who's like 33 or 34 now, and he acts like a child. And I, um, I, I don't, I'm just, uh, I don't want to babysit um, uh, him, or I don't want to babysit anybody for that matter. Um, um, uh, other than my my two little ones that I'm with a lot at home, and I don't want to babysit staff at Q Masters, and I don't want to babysit staff at the event. And with Corey Duell, you have to babysit him. And he's 33 years old. And I'm ashamed of him. I really am. And I hope he hears this. And, and Corey, in my own way, I still love you. But you got to grow up. And it takes more than a chocolate cake and doggy bones to, you know, grow up. So do the right thing. And I hope 
you, Corey, also learned a valuable lesson, like I learned this year about what happened with not paying, being able to, who in the hell has $170,000 laying around? Uh, name one promoter, please, on this planet. No one. You know, this is not a, a 5000 added event. So there were many valuables. I'm sorry it happened. I dogged not forewarning the players this could happen. Um, um, I don't know. Uh, call it a brain fart. Call it not. It wasn't on purpose. Call it many things. Maybe maybe Jay hit me too hard once in the preliminary players meeting. Um, uh, frustrations we got out of the way. I don't know. I, I, I'm not blaming anybody but me. But Corey, uh, I hope I hope he grows up. Well, and and I I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think it was the idea that you didn't have $170,000 in cash there. I think it was the lack of, of preparation in the players not knowing about it. Yeah, I, again, uh, uh, 100%, Mikey, you're right. Um, if there's, um, the, I dogged a couple of things, like the third row on both sides, okay, but I made the right decision there. But, again, I told... I reminded Jay again today we spoke that I really dogged. I dogged it when it came to uh, players. I'm going to pay as deep as I can, and players, you'll get a check for your balance, for your place, and some, uh, it may be golden then, it may be golden a week later. I dogged it. And if a man's not man enough to be a man and stand up and say, I, I dogged it, well, then he's not a man. You know, I dogged it, and I, I, I regret it, and I learned a lesson not to that, for that to happen again. And uh, I know one of my corporate sponsors next year already said they'll be glad to do it right away. Well, it's going to come down to which one I'm, I'm advised to do it right away. Uh, so that'll never happen again. You may find this hard to believe, not just because I'm of my of my faith. Um, I don't like dealing with money. I just don't like it. Uh, believe me, I, I have a lot to do at work, at my business. I have a lot to do. I'd rather leave it with trusting souls that I have now. Thank God. And I, I, I don't like dealing with money. I'd rather not. And I have tons of things to do. Um, I'm the maintenance man at QMasters. I'm the one that goes up on the roof, change the filters. I'm the one's I'm the one who has every picture perfectly in place. That's what I enjoy. I don't like sitting in my office counting money or writing checks. I hate it. I, I, that's why I didn't go to college. When I could have gone to any college in America uh, with a wrestling scholarship, I, I, I'm not one to sit down that long and study or do paperwork or count money or whatever. I don't want to do that. It's just not me. 
but it, it won't happen again. And I know I've said that before, but when corporations are involved uh, who need the U.S. Open, they need, they need the commodity that I have that nobody else does, and that's the U.S. Open Nine-Ball Championships, Inc. And players get ready to make more money, not only for the U.S. Open, but have other things in store for players and promoters and promoters also with taking this giant step for mankind, pool players, men or women, that's about to happen very soon at a theater near you. And I'm saying, what I'm saying will come out uh, with uh, AZ Billiards will be first to know soon. Well, I think I think that all sounds outstanding. I, you know, the the biggest thing that we want to see is all the players taken care of and the negativity surrounding this year's event to go away. Well, and it will, Mike. Tuesday is only five days away, and uh, everything's uh, uh, been handled, and uh, they'll be able to walk into their bank or wherever and take care of business and and it'll all go away. But, you know, um, I regret it deeply. Last year, again, we added 50. Well, we I wanted to go higher to be tier two. That's another reason we got more players. And then um, it hit me like a ton of bricks about the general admission. Uh, and, you know, uh, Johnny Archer and I put something together last year. Actually, I put it together with him um, where all of the funds of our money were, were, was was in, in escrow and was supposed to be transferred into the U.S. Open account. And at the last moment, and I'm not really upset when I could be, but uh, lo and behold, all of a sudden, the the day the money is supposed to be wired uh, into the U.S. Open account during the event, it did not happen. And we paid 25 through 32, and Johnny paid the other players at, out of his own personal account with our money that was wired into his account. And I'm not going crazy over this, um, but... It, it was my money that was in there and it should have been payable out of the U.S. Open account where it was all set up with Mr. Walsh for that to happen. I'm not mad at Johnny. I'm not mad at Mr. Walsh. Uh, the main thing is everybody got paid. Um, um, my daughter, I miss her all the time. Um, she was more upset than than you can imagine because it was, we were supposed to say thank you. We were, and no one else. Well, you know, so that didn't happen properly last year. So uh, this year, another situation. But come Tuesday, again, um, uh, as Finoza said, uh, most people are going to forget about it. And when the news comes out about next year and the additional added money 
and corporate America saying, take this check right away um, if you want, uh, right across the street, cash it, enjoy it. Um, that's the big lesson that I learned this year, plus the eliminating the top row, uh, going out into the pit on both sides, but that might not be an issue um, uh, if we move back across the street next year. And um, all I can say about that is um, most likely, most likely that will happen. It's not signed, sealed, and delivered, but we're talking in that direction, and I'm awfully glad, and I know everybody else is also to go back right across the street where they built that for the U.S. Open to be the inaugural event in 1997, and they built that building from sticking a shovel in the ground in eight and a half months to get it ready for the U.S. Open inaugural event. And now they want us back. And that's a wonderful thing. Well, Barry, I look forward to conversations between now and next year's U.S. Open. Um, looking forward to all this, all the negativity being behind us here pretty quickly. Um, I appreciate your time today, uh, spending time with us and going over what happened. And I'm I've enjoyed forward. it. I've enjoyed it, uh, Mike, and um, very much. And and I want to say thanks to Jerry too. Go right ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no problems. I enjoy you uh, giving us some of your time, and I look forward to talking to you soon. I just want time on my side, and I'm not getting any younger. But I'm um, we're not. I'm not dogging it uh, next year in so many ways uh, with seats, with money, and again, players. I am very sorry, humbly. Um, um, you're not. You'll. You won't be disappointed Tuesday, and this interview is on Thursday. Prior to that, and um, uh, I've already made all the arrangements, and I, 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 I humbly am sorry for not, um, uh, for, for not bringing this up, and I'm the only one to blame for this. And again, I humbly apologize. But the money will be there Tuesday, and I should have told the players um, uh, this may happen. But it it hit me also like a ton of bricks, Mike. And I went, oh, no, what do I do now? Oh, my God. And in the meantime, I'm putting out so many fires, I don't even want to get into that. So uh, um, uh, uh, there's, there's always room for improvement. I don't care how long you've been playing the game or, or promoting the game. And I'll leave you with this. 39 straight years through hurricanes, 9-11, incarceration, and winners never quit and quitters never win. I've lived my life with those seven words since age 14 when I began to wrestle. And I guess it stood by, stood with me all these years, and I'm still here. All right, Barry, I appreciate it, um, and we will talk to you down the road. 
You're making me cry. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going, uh, 39 years and, uh, um, I'm getting emotional now. And, um, Mike, um, really, I'm going to go dry my eyes and, uh, um, thank you for also taking the time today. I'm so glad that we did this. All right. Thanks, Barry. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's it for this week. Uh, Hopefully we'll be back for you next week with another guest. I'm not sure who that guest will be, but thanks for tuning in this week. Bye, everybody.